Radio MD. It's time to Ask Dr. Mike. Do you have a question about your health? Dr. Mike can answer your questions. Just email Ask Dr. Mike Smith at RadioMD.com or call now 877-711-5211. The lines are open. So my first listener question, once again, is about wine. You notice I, <laughs> I always go to the questions about wine. <laughs> what has more sugar content, red or white wine? My own search has produced mixed results. I didn't know that. I, you know, I think most people think well, the white wines are sweeter, maybe, right? I mean, obviously, they're sweet wines. You know those are going to be high in sugar content. But um, if you take the sweet wines out and just look at the, the, like the whites versus reds, I think most people think white wine is more sugary. Well, I didn't really know this either, so I had to go to um, different sources. Um, uh, one of the best reviews for this, believe it or not, was at shape.com. Shape.com. And what they said was that dry wines contain the lowest amount of sugars. Choosing red or white doesn't matter as much. I didn't know that. Uh, it's really about dry versus sweet. I mean, and I guess that makes sense. Dry wines generally have less than one gram of sugars per ounce. Uh, however, the sugar content of sweet wines can be as high as five grams per ounce. You know, some of those dessert wines and stuff, which I, I personally don't like. Um, and uh, so let's say I, I actually have some numbers here. Let's see. Dry reds. Okay, a Pinot Noir is about uh, 0.68 grams of sugar. That's like nothing. I mean, compare that to soda. <laughs> 12-ounce soda, which is like, what, like 40? Uh, let's see. A Merlot, 0.74. Cabernet, 0.75. Shiraz, 0.76. Zinfandels, 0.84. Those are the classic red Zinfandels, not the, the rose-looking wine, the pink wines. So that so dry reds, you know, you're looking at across the board less than a gram of sugar. I mean, that's that's pretty minimal. So if you're, I mean, this this absolutely a serving of a dry red easily falls into a Atkins South Beach Paleo type thing. I would think. I think the Paleo people are they're a little more serious about the sugar than, than some other ones. But that that's definitely low sugar. Dry now. Here's the dry whites. This was it. I I would have never guessed this. The the Pinot Block is 0.57 grams. That to me is a pretty sweet wine. It's light, but it's pretty sweet. Um, so that was less than most of the dry reds. Pinot Grigio 0.6. I mean that's surprising to me. I find I find a Pinot Grigio quite sweet. I don't know what it is, but it has. It has a little less sugar than a Pinot Noir, which is one of my favorite reds. So I interesting. So really, it's about um, dry versus sweet. It's not about red versus white. Okay. Uh, they, they said something interesting here. I personally would never do this to a good glass of wine. It's just my uh, little, not professional, just my consumer opinion. They say you can make a spritzer out of wine. Just do it with cheap wine. <laughs> don't, don't waste good wine on a spritzer. Spritzers have uh, can help slash the sugar. Here they say you can do uh, combine your favorite dry wine uh, with <laughs> seltzer water in a one to one ratio. That's going to dilute. I listen. I, I don't. I just don't think there's that much sugar in wine to worry about it. There's my answer. Don't come on. Well, good wine. That's don't add stuff to that. Okay. Next question. 
Now, this is a uh, follow-up. I love follow-up questions because it means people listen. <laughs> That's great. I actually have listening to uh, listening audience. All right. This so this uh, question came in from Dushka. She's in out of Atlanta, and she said this question really might be for Dr. Robert Gregg, and it it, it is. And and I'm going to send this if you're listening, Dushka, to uh, Dr. Gregg, who was a guest on my show. Uh, he's a dentist. Um, we talked about mercury fillings and stuff, in deep pockets stuff like that. We talked about a bunch of stuff. He was on. Uh, maybe a, a couple of weeks ago, a month ago or so. So I, I, I'm going to send this to him, Dushko, and, and uh, he'll respond to me, and then I'll, I'll, I'll send you the answers. But uh, let, me give, let me give it a shot here on some of these. She says, uh, Dushko says, I have a gold cap molar next to a large uh, al- um, amalgam filling. It doesn't tell me what the amalgam filling is, but, but usually that's going to be the silver mercury stuff we talked about that are touching each other. And I now have a deep pocket between the capped tooth and the tooth that has the filling. So she has this gap, this deep pocket that's formed. Um, I've been told that the filling is too large to replace and the tooth should be capped as well. Now, So now the dentist wants to cap the tooth that has the filling. If I get the tooth capped, should I get all the filling removed in that first tooth? Yeah, you know, I guess, I mean, if we're assuming... Dushka, this is a silver mercury uh, filling. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's what this is, and this is what you're interested in. Yeah, I, I, I think all of those should be removed, and I think they should be replaced with alternative fillings or capped. I mean, I think that's what Dr. Gray even talked about. Um, you, you know, so yeah, I think I think you should have it removed, and, and it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, her next question then is: Will that will the cap then on the the tooth that has the amalgam filling will that cap help fix the deep pocket? No. The deep pocket, and I'm pretty sure about this one, the deep pocket is there because there's, a, a, there's chronic inflammation and infection within, that, within the gums that has caused this pocket. So you need to treat that. So you can try maybe first oil pulling, which I do with coconut oil. Swish it in your mouth for, I do it for 10 minutes. And it's not a hard swish. It's not like you're doing mouthwash for a minute in the morning. You know, it's 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 just like a pulling of the oil back and forth. It's not hard to do. You get used to it. It's a little weird when you put the oil in first, but um, you get used to it. And that's a great way to pull out. That's why it's called oil pulling. You pull out the bacteria uh, that 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 can uh, get in those deep pockets, and 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 because it's a fat, it's able to get into the pocket, penetrate, and pull it out. So try some oil pulling first, maybe, um, to help with the deep pocket. And, and if that doesn't help, you can always do what Dr. Gray does, which is the laser treatment, where they literally take a little probe, stick it down in the pocket, and they shoot it with a laser, and it kills off the infection. But just because you cap the tooth, that doesn't mean it's going to clear up that deep pocket at all. I, I think you need to treat the deep pocket almost as a separate thing. But we'll see what Dr. Gray says for you, Dushka. Um, and so I think that takes care of Dushka's question. So let me go on. She, she has another one here that I, 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 I don't really know how to answer. It's the, the gold cap tooth had a root canal and she's concerned that the amalgam filling, which I'm assuming is silver and mercury has seeped underneath is causing some, some issues there. And that's why all this area is starting to hurt. I mean, I think that seems reasonable Dushka. I think we know that the mercury in the tooth it doesn't just sit there. It does leach. There's especially when it's first put in, but it, it there are issues with this, and um, it's a metal. Mercury's toxic, and so yeah, I, I I think there's that could be the case. 
I just, I'm not experienced in it, and we'll, we'll let Dr. Gray answer that uh, more fully. Let's see if I have a, another quick question here. This is from Christina Martin. My son had an operation as a newborn for narrowing of the aorta. Now he's 28 and coughs a lot in his sleep. Does he need another operation? You know, that's this is a tough one. I think the the, the best answer I can give you, Christine, is, is you definitely need to get this worked up. Now, for, coming from my past as a radiologist, um, or at least I went through three years of training as a radiologist. I didn't like it. I ended up going into internal medicine. But I think a great procedure for this would be the MRA. That's a it's an MR procedure that that has some dye added to it, so it's an angiogram. So it's a MR angiogram. That would be good to see if there's any narrowing, if there's any issues leaking around the aorta. That's the first thing. I would just do that. Um, and that's a little bit less radiation and stuff than a classic angiogram, et cetera. So an MRA is where I would start. Other things, you know, uh, people that cough a lot, that clear their throat, that bear down, it's called a Vasava maneuver. Sometimes they have arrhythmias, and you just naturally kind of cough and bear down because it puts pressure in the thoracic cavity that activates a nerve called the vagus nerve, and it calms down the arrhythmia. People do that. They don't even know why they're doing it. So maybe the cough could be related to that. It could be a chronic cough from asthma-type stuff, upper respiratory stuff. So maybe just a good workup by a general practitioner as well. Hope that helps, Christina. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well.